Hey there, it's Tug Coker. And Catherine Wild Coker. And we're here from the long finish to announce that we are running the contest again. Folks, if you have an opportunity to rate, review, and subscribe to our show at wherever you get your podcasts, leave a review and then DM us at the long finish on Instagram showing us that that review is yours. You will be automatically entered to win two bottles of wine that we will send to you where we talk about that wine on the podcast and you can drink it with us. One person is going to win those wines and we hope it is you. So just do it. This competition is going to run till April 20th. So get your reviews in by April 20th and send them to us. One lucky winner is going to get those wines. And if you have already reviewed our show, you are automatically entered to win this time as well. Thank you so much to everyone for continuing to listen to The Long Finish. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Send that review to us at The Long Finish on Instagram and you'll be entered to win. And hopefully we'll send you these two bottles of wines to enjoy with us. All right, that's it. Thanks, Catherine. Thank you. And now let's start the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Long Finish. I'm your host, Tug Coker, and I'm here as always with my wife and co-host, Catherine Weil Coker. How are you doing tonight, Catherine? I'm great. How are you? I'm really good. We made it. uh, We're taping this on Sunday night, which is our Friday night in this new world order that we have. We have a new life. I'm working a six-day week. Our weekend is Monday, and that means that your day to not parent is Monday, and my day to hang out with the kiddos is Monday. I'm really excited to just be an adult for a few hours. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'll probably edit this podcast, but maybe I'll go to Esther's when it's uh, dark for the day and just kind of sit there in silence. I hope you'll enjoy every minute of it. Yeah, and just kind of stare out the window because the quarantine is affecting people in so many different ways, and everyone is valid. Like, let's just oh my make gosh. that clear. Unbelievable, yeah. But our experience is, we see people out there sort of talking about Netflix and watching some shows and catching up, re-watching The Wire, re-watching Breaking Bad, introducing they're reading, themselves at they're the They're reading office. Milton. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like reorganizing their closets. Yeah. They're like, oh, I meditated for 40 minutes, and I'm napped every day. And we are just looking at them green with envy because that's, we just want to have one or two days where we can kind of do whatever we wanted. But But we just also have tiny kids. We have tiny kids. We have a business plan changing on the fly. Yep. Trying to create a new business. But you know what? I mean, everyone's going through just crazy stuff. And I got to say, no matter what, grass is always greener. I mean, that's just life, right? You're always thinking that. Yeah. Well, I'm definitely thinking that right now. (laughs) For sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I talked to my friend Steve on the phone the other day. Shout Steve. out to Steve. Steve. What up, Steve? I don't know who Steve is. Steve Cavadas. Haven't talked to Steve since senior year of college, but we talked on the phone yesterday because he's buying some wine. It's so fun. He's a lawyer. His wife is a doctor, so she's 
at work. He is home working, but he's also got three kids, including one who's a baby, 16 months or something. So he said he takes his work calls at two o'clock when the baby is sleeping and his mom or his mother-in-law, I can't remember, does an hour-long FaceTime with the older kids so that he can take his phone calls i'm like people are being creative wow yeah i mean it takes everything right now absolutely and we're going to get into more of this but we want to welcome you to episode 27 of the long finish podcast and we're drinking uh so what are we drinking (laughs) tonight we are drinking the prisma sauvignon blanc from casablanca valley in chile vintage 2019 chile chile I lived in Chile when I was in college for a semester. That's what you called it. Yeah, I called it Chile. And that was my first ever real experience drinking a little bit of wine. I drank Gato Negro, a red wine out of a box. But I did also visit my first vineyard there, Conche Toro, which is basically like the Mondavi of Chile. It's huge. I had no idea what to expect. I knew nothing about wine, but it was a really cool experience just to think about this beverage and how it was made and take a tour. And I'll always remember that. Obviously, it didn't stick with me. Didn't really get into wine until about 10 years after that, but it was really, really cool. Well, fun to talk about this as we enter some of the warmer months of the year and drink some Sauvignon Blanc should be a lot of fun. Obviously, busy times with Esther's. Love to get a quick highlight on that, but also let's recap our experience with the week that we've had with our kids. That will mainly be me because you're working and having fun. Hey, I am here by 4.30 every <laughs> oh, really? single day. Really? One day I was here at 4.35. You're here at 5 today. Well, yeah, that's because you gave me permission. <laughs> so, obviously, the nights, as we, we said the last few episodes, the putting them to bed has been great. Very happy with the way we put our kids to bed now. We get a nice yep. routine going. The biggest development of the week, I think, is that you and I have discovered that we may have found an allergy to our 16-month-old, which is giving him a lot of problems. And if we can solve that allergy, yep. we think it might help everyone's life. The sleep is um, major. So we think it may be some sort of dairy and legume allergy. We think it's legumes. We think it's like peas and peas. Anyway, this you guys don't need to hear about yeah, this. About but this. like but it affects our it life. It could make our life way better if we stop giving him these foods. I'll tell you what I should not do is um, I bought some pretzels that are filled with peanut butter and I should not let him just put his hand in the bag and eat all of them and then about 20 minutes later at the park just break out in hives. Oh, That's baby. something I like to avoid doing. And I just want to say as we transition into sort of you know another theme, I want to say quickly, I'm basically a full-time stay-at-home dad right now and I want I want to just give the fullest, fullest of shout outs to parents that have been stay-at-home parents, the generations before us that were stay-at-home parents. I don't, I mean, I've always, you know, I love my mom who became a stay-at-home mom for most of my childhood life. And for some reason, I don't know if I was embarrassed that my mom didn't have a second a job. She used to be a teacher, but she stopped being a teacher to be a, a parent. And like, I just want to say like, I have the utmost admiration more than ever because it is the hardest, this three week quarantine has been the hardest thing I've ever done. It's been impossibly hard and I don't even do it for the full day. I do it from like 10 a.m. to like 4.30 p.m. And it's just the ages of our kids are three and 16 months, almost four and 16 months. And these kids are just nonstop energy. I look at my health like report on my iPhone and I walk like three and a half, four miles. But this is steps. I'm probably moving like a hundred yards in radius, but just trying to like stop them from licking a pole or you know what I mean? Or bumping into someone at, you know, at the hour we're at the park or not not falling down the stairs, you know, or racing because we live in an upstairs apartment and there's a courtyard 
and I want to make sure that the mischievous 16-month-old has not like left the courtyard and is going down to the steps of a main thoroughfare. So anyway, that's just my one-minute take on like stay-at-home parents. It, it's unbelievably exhausting, especially when school's not really happening. I don't know what the other parents are out there, how they're dealing with the schooling. We're trying to, they're trying to do Zooms for our three-year-old preschool, and he wants no part of this. So I don't know if there are other kids out there of various ages that are just not into it or they find it quote-unquote noisy, but it's just like school's not even a thing right now. So anyway, moving on. Well, I have major respect for what you're doing right now. Thank and you. I'm so grateful. Appreciate you. I'm just shouting out to the other, other people out there. I'm sure there's a lot of us out there right now. So all having a you know newfound appreciation of how to make the world work. And um, I've said this before, but like I'm going to take the day off from drinking. I say that almost every day. And every day, I'm, the day is so hectic. I'm like, I cannot wait to have a glass of wine <laughs> or a martini or, or something. Um, people saw that Ina Garten post the other day where she made like a Cosmo that was like yeah. a gigantic Cosmo. Yeah. yeah, I can relate to my mom's best friend, quote unquote. It's so good. Um, well, the thing is, I will say too, when I do get home at 4.30, I take the kids either outside or we play in their room or something and you make dinner and you could easily like just heat up frozen pizza or like get chicken nuggets on the plate or whatever but you've made these awesome dinners for us and I don't know what's motivating that maybe like just creativity or wanting to like have something nourishing for everybody at the end of the day but it's been awesome and you don't have to do that but it's been so so nice to have that and I just want to say like I probably would not be doing that if I were in your shoes and I so appreciate it. Well I'm glad you're saying that and I'm, I'm glad you're saying that on record because i'm gonna stop now so thank you <laughs> okay, okay it is gonna be chicken nuggets tomorrow it's tacos it's, and pizza it is gonna be tacos chick-fil-a is coming in i think why i'm trying to do this is two reasons i want to expand my repertoire of cooking i want to have like 10 or 12 things i could probably put together you know without really thinking about it too much i think that's a it's a fun challenge to take on but also i'm trying to do something each day where i feel like i've i've like achieved something even if it's like just exercise or stretched, the goals have become so small, in my opinion, with the quarantine. And like, it's just the smallest little achievements, little things really matter to me in this day and age. And so the more I can accomplish one of those things, like, again, there's no right or wrong way to quarantine. And for me, it's just like, just try to find something that like excites you about the day because the day otherwise becomes very monotonous, very tedious and like frustrating. So anyway... It's got serious. I don't want to do serious. So let's let's move to Esther's. Any note to talk about Esther's? Anything you got going on or fun that you want to share? Trying to figure out a new business plan. So just ramping up the shop. I'm on the phone all day, every day. I'm fully enjoying that. And the less email, the more phone calls is super fun. I would like to leave this quarantine someday and then return to the 1980s where people just did that, where they called each other on the phone and wrote letters. And that was it. It sounds pretty great. It's fun to have repeat customers on the phone that I now like know their names. You know, there are a lot of times people would come in a lot, but maybe I didn't know their name. Now I know their names. Like I know what they want. I can remember the last time they called or we delivered to their place. And that part's really fun. Or it's also fun if someone's says yesterday a lady called and she's like I like complex whites I want to you know get three complex whites I'm like okay give me an example of what a complex white is to you because that's what I'm getting a lot is talking about wine with people 
You know, I can't give them a taste of something. I can't always talk to them and give them exactly the wine that they had in mind. You know, they have to be kind of open. So we have what to talk say? about what they like. So she's like, well, I've been drinking a lot of these. Um, Canned Franzias. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Very complex. I've been drinking a lot of Spanish whites, maybe like Northeast Spain. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. She's like, and Gruner Veltliners. And I'm like, oh, okay, I can pick some fun stuff for you. So I pick some fun Italian whites for her and another Spanish white. And, and, and that, that part's really fun to get into what people get to the bottom of what they really want. The other fun part, too, is that people for the most part, are buying multiple wines at a time. It's not like they're buying one wine, they're going home, they're checking it out, they didn't like it, they're not coming back. Or they liked it, they're going to come back and buy six of those. You know, For the most part, they're getting three, five, six, twelve wines a mix. So you know they're going to like some more than others. They call back, they go, you know, I really like this one. And it's awesome because then you're like, oh, I get, I'm getting to know you now. I know what you like. And I save, you know, all my notes from every conversation so I can and look back and see, oh, what they bought and that. And that's been really helpful. Can we see a picture maybe on Instagram uh, of some of your notes that you've taken with yeah, people? Sure. I think that'd be fun. Well, that's great. So thank you again to everyone out there who keeps supporting Esther, supporting the long finish. And hopefully we take it day by day and week by week. And hopefully we'll continue to deliver some great wines to people and have those conversations. But let's move on to Savignon Blanc. Let's talk about this wine. The first thing I want to do, because I think people really loved it a few weeks ago, the tasting part of it. And I think that's one of the reasons I really wanted to pick Sauvignon Blanc is because this wine has a nose and a palate like none other. For me, I get one whiff of Sauvignon Blanc and I know it's Sauvignon Blanc. So I want to do the tasting process that we did a few weeks ago with this wine because I think every listener out there could do it. You could do it. You could start with Sauvignon Blanc and you could get to do this so get your wine please i already drank mine so can you can we get some more <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a malibu pour so first we're gonna look at the color i'd say well first we know it's a white wine it's like a straw maybe a yellow straw color it's clear it's clean you can see perfectly through it it's reflecting light it's super shiny now swirl it check out the legs or how it's hanging on the glass we're waiting we're still waiting now the legs are coming down slowly so there's some alcohol here sometimes people think Sauvignon Blanc is a lighter white wine maybe so but this one has 13.5 percent alcohol and you can see it when you see those how slowly those legs are come down I just saw you take a sip sir oh, we no. are not even on the <laughs> oh, nose no. dude. oh no this guy is just, he's <laughs> medicating over here. Okay. It's my Friday night. <laughs> I said this earlier. Put your nose in there. I know. Like, whoa, right? And anyone who's tasting this along with us too, intense. But if you aren't tasting this wine, just go get a Sauvignon Blanc and you can do it because Sauvignon Blanc is always like Sauvignon Blanc. So let's talk about fruits. So tropical to me. Passion fruit. Guava grapefruit like a sunkissed grapefruit right or you get grapefruit pith too which is oh, that white part yeah. lime lemon then maybe some minerality too kind of like um with Sauvignon Blanc sometimes I get like sidewalk after the rain kind of like a wet cement type thing and then always 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 
this herbaceous note. Green pepper, green bell pepper, I mean. Grassiness, lemongrass, I get with this too. That green note. You know what I'm saying? Okay, let's taste it. Thank God. Despite all that fruit on the nose, it's super dry, yeah. right? It's lean, light, medium, or full-bodied. I'd say light to medium because the acid is high, right? Makes your mouth water. It's not crazy, crazy high, but it's medium high. And all that fruit that we got on the nose, we get a lot of it on the palate. But there's a little more grapefruit and green apple, too. There's more green apple, lime, not as much of the tropical fruit, but still that like grapefruit, green apple. There's like an a like an acerbic quality to the nose. I equate it to like almost like the candy quality of fruits and stuff, yeah. like almost like artificial, like yep. Lysol to a degree sometimes. And you don't get that on the palate, which is nice. You're right. That lemon lime on the nose is artificial. It's wild. And the grapefruit's like a candy grapefruit. It's sort of electric in in that way. Well, it's Sauvignon Blanc, people. So I think that's fun to do. And Sauvignon Blanc is grown in so many places in the world, so many places. You will always get some version of that no matter where you're getting it from. So Chile is a region that's a little bit newer in the Sauvignon Blanc world. So just talk about Sauvignon Blanc in general a little bit first. Originated in France in the Loire Valley. The most famous region in the Loire Valley for Sauvignon Blanc is probably Sancerre. And across from Sancerre is Puy Fume. And there's Sauvignon Blanc throughout the Loire Valley in Touraine and lots of other tiny little appellations. It grows really well there and pairs great with goat cheese. And there's a lot of goat cheese in the Loire Valley. Sancerre, I remember that Eric Asimov in the New York Times once said, Sancerre is like the Tom Hanks of wine. And I just will never, ever forget that quote. It's the best. Well, what, what does he mean by that? Well, I haven't read the article in many years. So, But I always interpret it as the classy, classy everyman. A step up, sophisticated, but, you know, you feel like you knew him too. It was still comfortable. It was always comfortable. In addition to the Loire Valley, there's also Sauvignon Blanc in Bordeaux. All white Bordeaux are some blend of Sauvignon Blanc and Semillon. Beyond France, we have in the old world, we have a lot of Sauvignon Blanc in Italy, northeast Italy. In Spain, there's Sauvignon Blanc. And then in the New World, we have New Zealand, tons of Sauvignon Blanc there. We have the United States, Chile up and coming, South Africa, some Sauvignon Blanc, and Australia. So it's really produced all over the world. And it can grow in a variety of climates. It can grow in a little bit cooler climate, like the Loire, think of Sancerre or Touraine. It can grow in a warmer climate, like in Northern California. It is versus and depending on how ripe the grapes are when they're picked, you're going to get different notes in the glass, whether that's more other things, more herbaceous notes, and that kind of like wet cement, maybe cat piss is a thing. Um, I'm, glad you, I'm glad you mentioned that. It's a classic, yeah. classic sommelier indicator for Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah. Cat piss. Mm -hmm. You know, I've never really attached to that. It's never really been a thing that I personally could fully relate to, even though I do love cats. But it's a thing. It's a sommelier thing. It's a people thing. They talk about it with Sauvignon Blanc always. 
You mentioned in a previous episode that one thing that people that are trying to get more into wine can do is to go out and experience the tasting qualities. Is cat piss one of those things that you need to go out and experience or no? I'm definitely going to withhold on that one. (laughs) I personally am not going to endorse that. I don't think it's a necessary factor in understanding. Yeah. It's not the white pepper that you're talking the Sauvignon about. Sauvignon Blanc. Uh, yeah, I think you can refrain. So then the other thing are the styles of Sauvignon Blanc. So it can be a sparkling wine. It's most commonly a still white wine, but it can be oaked or unoaked. This is a great example, the one we're drinking tonight, of an unoaked Sauvignon Blanc that's much more about racy acidity, purity of fruit. But if you have a Sauvignon Blanc that has oak to it, which is often a Sauvignon Blanc Semillon blend from Bordeaux or sometimes Northern California, there are a lot of oaked Sauvignon Blancs. And it can be neutral oak where you don't get too much of that oaky flavor. You just get more of the texture. Or it can be like quite oakier flavors, you know? It just really depends. So let's just talk about basic Sauvignon Blanc, like what it is. White grape variety, dry, light to medium bodied, high acid. Fruit characteristics, all the ones we mentioned, can have passion fruit, guava, or white peach, or kiwi. And then it has a lot of herbaceous notes. We talked about green bell pepper, grassiness, uh, lemongrass, but also gooseberry, basil, tarragon, tons of things. Wet concrete the after the rain, cat piss. Jalapeno in there. Jalapeno, absolutely. And then if it does have oak on top of that, you could have butter, vanilla, pie crust, nutmeg, cream, all this other stuff. So what you're saying is from a tasting experience, this is a fun one because there's there's a lot of things to pull. It's such a fun one. There's a lot of things to pull. And no matter where it's from or what it's wearing, it always, always indicates Sauvignon Blanc. It's really like, one for me at least, one of those grape varieties that just kind of jumps out of the glass what it is. If you're like blind tasting some stuff, you get excited when you get a Sauvignon Blanc. You I know do. For me, I do. And I think like this would be a good one for people to start to do the like how to taste with for white wine because Chardonnay is trickier. You know, we talked about that before. Like it doesn't jump out of the glass. It can be a lot of different things. It, depending on where it's from, it can take on different qualities. Sauvignon Blanc is always Sauvignon Blanc. So a couple questions about Sauvignon Blanc and then we'll... I want to hear about the specifics on the winemaker, but some versions of Sauvignon Blanc are kind of like seen as, it's just not as well-respected of a, a wine bridal, I feel like. It doesn't get the proper respect that it maybe deserves. I'm generalizing, but I feel like that happens a lot of times with this wine. It's funny because as a person who's down the line in my wine drinking experience, I don't gravitate towards this varietal for the reason that I talked about before, because I always feel like it sort of tastes like Sauvignon Blanc. But I am going to tell you, I have been proved so wrong in the last couple of weeks. Like this grape variety is so insanely popular. People want and love this grape variety. It is not as polarizing as Chardonnay. I would find way more people that want to try a Sauvignon Blanc or people that want to try a Sancerre. Now, what is polarizing is what kind of Sauvignon Blanc they want. So the person that asks for Kim Crawford Sauvignon Blanc, that's a New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc, is very different than the person who asks for Sancerre. Now, there are people who they don't care where it's from. They love all the styles. Awesome. But there are people who they specifically love the New Zealand or they 
they specifically love the Loire. And those are the opposite ends of the spectrum. Now, I think the wine that we're drinking tonight from Chile is kind of in the middle. It has some of the like expressive fruitiness of the New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc, a little bit of that tropicality, but it's not over the top. And Sancerre is more on the mineral, that like grassiness, that green bell pepper, the what concrete cat piss world. So this is kind of in the middle. And that's why I think it's a great wine to taste. And a lot of people really like it. The other thing about Sauvignon Blanc is I heard from one of my distributors that it is the fastest growing sales market for wine varieties in the world of wine. The growth from 2019 to 2020, January to January, the biggest jump in sales for a particular varietal by a landslide. Sauvignon Blanc. Now you're on the phone phone more. Are you, do you feel like when people are asking for white, are they gravitating towards Sauvignon Blanc as uh, well? Uh, are you seeing that? So much. Now, some, but some people will say, I like Sauvignon Blanc, and some people will say, oh, I like the Sancerre. I mean, I had a gentleman today who ordered, we have a category on Postmates, on the delivery app called I Like Sauvignon Blanc or Friends of Sauvignon Blanc, something like that. He selected that category and wrote, I would like the Lucien Crochet Sancerre or another Sancerre. Well, we ran out of Sancerre yesterday. I mean, I had to, I'm not going to fulfill that man's order with a California Sauvignon Long. No, he's going to be so upset. So I call him. I'm like, look, you know, I'm getting more Sancerre back on Tuesday. I don't have this in stock right now. And he was like, okay. And he canceled his order because people who want Sancerre want Sancerre. You know what I mean? They're not going to be pleased no, you with the Santa Barbara. It's very interesting. So you mentioned the wine tonight. Can we talk a little bit about the winemaker and what makes this wine so special to you? Yeah. First of all, if you haven't seen this wine, you will now. And also, if you got it, the three-pack, you will. It's such a fun label. It's a really colorful label. The name of the winery is Prisma, which in Spanish means prism. This was started by Pablo Morande, who was the winemaker for many, many years of Concha y Toro. And he wanted to start his own winery. And so he looked at the Casablanca Valley, which is the coolest area in Chile. And he looked at vineyards, an area that was between the Andes and the ocean. So it was a cooler growing area. And he was really excited about the possibility of that. Turns out it was a great spot for Sauvignon Blanc. And he also grows Pinot Noir there as well. Sandy clay, rocky soils, lots of cool breezes. This is hand harvested. It's sustainably farmed. It's chemical free vineyards. And this comes from three different single vineyards and there's no oak use. So it's all about the fruit. It's all about the freshness. The winemaker is Ricardo Betig. And like I said, it's sort of between a French Sauvignon Blanc and New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc. It has restraint and subtlety, but it also has a lot of fruitiness, a lot of freshness. So I find this to be a great crossover Sauvignon Blanc. It's also great value. And that's what you can get with Sauvignon Blanc. You can get value. Yeah, I was just going to ask that actually, so I'm glad you brought that up. With regards to value in the wines, can you see that in different regions, depending on where you're buying? Tell me where the values are for Sauvignon Blanc. What regions should we be looking out for for value? 
Well, if you're in the Loire Valley, I would look for regions around Sancerre that aren't Sancerre. Sancerre is a huge price tag. It has that name is just beyond. But if you look at something like Quincy, which is right next door, you could get a lot of those attributes, something that drinks really similar and is less expensive. Or Turin Sauvignon Blanc, also close by, similar characteristics, not that price tag. Bordeaux, you can have great inexpensive Sauvignon Blanc from Bordeaux. Often it's going to be an oakier version, a little bit richer version because it's mixed, uh, blended with the Semillon as well. But you can get some great values there as well. You can also get insanely expensive versions as well. And then for California, runs the gamut. Other regions, runs the gamut. You know, something inexpensive, something crazy expensive. Where is this on the price scale? The one we're drinking tonight. This is on the awesome value. Great value. Great yeah. value. I'm enjoying drinking it. It's funny to hear people talk about Sauvignon Blanc because, like you said, it's a, it's the most one of the most popular grapes in the world, fastest rising in popularity. I almost never seek it out either. Like I don't, I just don't really go out of my way to drink Sauvignon Blanc, but I'm, I'm having a good time drinking it tonight. If it's, it feels refreshing and it, there's something about it that kind of wakes up your mouth. Like it wakes up your palate as you're drinking it. It just feels very alive. So this particular bottle. Absolutely. And it would have been great with the dinner that you made tonight. That salmon with dill. So that's a great transition to some pairings for Sauvignon Blanc. Obviously salmon. Fish feels like very friendly to Sauvignon Blanc. Definitely. What else do you have in mind? Well, things that have a lot of herbs with them. That could be a fresh salad with herbs and goat cheese. Goat cheese is a fantastic pairing. As I mentioned before, it is the cheese of the Loire Valley. Sauvignon Blanc is native to the Loire. They just go hand in hand. Could be great with like Vietnamese or Thai food that has a lot of herbs in it and just great with like simple vegetables and fresh cheeses. This wine though, however, is great on its own. It doesn't have to have food, I would say. No, it's quarantine proof. It's yeah, like it just is. drink it whenever you feel like it. It's so springy too, Very you know. Springy it's and so la- the label which you'll use fresh. For those of you, you know, follow us on Instagram, you know, if you're not follow us at the long finish on Instagram, you can see the label. It's really it just feels springy and, and almost summery, honestly. So, And, you know, we all know Sauvignon Blanc is super popular. It's going to be in almost every wine store. So if you're not able to find this wine, Catherine, any other recommendations on how to find something similar? Or if you're a Sauvignon Blanc drinker, ways to like keep trying new things? Yeah, I would say if you're a Sauvignon Blanc drinker and you have a region that you love, try exploring other regions. If you love New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc, try California Sauvignon Blanc. Then maybe see if you can get Chilean Sauvignon Blanc. See if you can get South African Sauvignon Blanc. Eventually you get to French Sauvignon Blanc. If you love French Sauvignon Blanc, work the other way. But it's nice to be able to try the same varietal bunch of different regions. That really shows you how special wine is because the place it's from so matters. So this is a great grape to do that with. So I would say if you're not drinking the Prisma Sauvignon Blanc that we're drinking tonight, go out and get a Sauvignon Blanc from wherever but try someplace new and see what you get and i know a lot of you are drinking at home with us thank you for buying the long finish three pack we look forward to doing this again with some more wines in the future letting you announcing the wines in advance so yeah like Catherine said go out and find a sauvignon blanc drink along with us and color me changed honestly on sauvignon blanc you know what i get confused with and i shouldn't just sort of it's a pinot grigio and it is so different but you understand what i'm saying that right yeah. like it feels like it, it, it's like a country club thing 
People drink the Sauvignon Blanc or Pinot Grigio. It's just kind of confusing. But they're very different. You're right. But I understand because you're like, oh, it's a boring grape varietal I see all the time sort of thing. But it's actually great versions of it are so great. So go out and get one today and... Yes, Catherine. On that note, I will say, per the country club comment, when I'm at a bar, normally I'm going to get beer or I'm going to get- Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. Or I will get a mixed drink or something. I'm not going to order wine at a bar because usually it's terrible. But if I have to, or if I'm- you know, in a place where they only have beer and wine and I have to get wine, it's probably bad. Sauvignon Blanc is the best, worst choice. It's the best of the worst selection. I've talked to so many friends about this. We all agree. Definitely don't get a red wine. Go for Sauvignon Blanc. At least it tastes like itself. That might be your episode title. <laughs> best of the worst. I mean, I think this is delicious, but is. I'm saying... If I'm in a bar, a bad Sauvignon Blanc is better than a bad anything else. People who are in the fantasy sports world or people that evaluate talent, we call that a high floor. I see. You know, when you're at a wedding and they say, would you like white or red? And you're like, oh, God. Is it Sauvignon Blanc? I'll get the white. Yeah. Anyway, that's been our Spotlight Sauvignon Blanc. So hopefully you're out there drinking with us. Thank you. And if you're not, go out and get some today and enjoy the tasting experience. And hit us up at the Long Finish, our TLF pod on Twitter, and let us know what you're thinking about your Sauvignon Blanc. All right. Now we come to the last portion of the show, which is what has been inspiring this week. I will go first, and I will say, first and foremost, last week I talked about, well, actually two weeks ago, I talked about the Whole Foods crew and how much I go there and talk to the the employees, and I didn't take the time to thank them personally, and there's one lady in particular, and her name is Shannon. saw her yesterday. We talked about Vegas and how we need to go back, and everyone is out there doing things differently at the particular Whole Foods that I attend. Some wear masks, some don't, but it was great to see Shannon, and, and, and great to see that she's doing well. And I just wanted to give that update. I know you guys are all concerned about my 365 Whole Foods updates, but there it is. I want to give a shout out in memoriam to Bill Withers. That's my inspiration. I sing Bill Withers. I mentioned this on Twitter. For some reason, my kids are in a dad phase where they want dad to put them to sleep. And I sing songs. Am I rubbing this in, Catherine? Just a little. A little bit, yeah. But they want to be with daddy when they go to sleep. I think it's because my repertoire is so good. There's so many songs in the can. I'm sure that's what it... No, I'm sure that is what it is. I sang three songs and I'm out. Michael Rowe, you're about a short. Yep. Yep, it's on the list. <laughs> anyway, um, but I do sing Bill Withers. I sing a couple oh. different songs. Bill Withers is so low profile, you know, as an artist, wasn't really out there with the Marvin Gaye's of the world, who is also, you know, a musical hero of mine, but created so many songs. You know, people are hitting me up on Twitter saying these are campfire songs, songs that you sing with your parents, songs that you sing to your kids, songs that you sing at the Boy Scouts. Like, his songs will be sung for generations. Anyway, I just want to give a shout out and pay respects to people that make our lives great. Like, where would we be in quarantine without music and movies? and books so shout out to bill withers thank you for a great life Catherine. what about you well this week i am inspired by the house of woo and uplifters ranch who are making these awesome face masks that they donated some to our restaurant group so i've been wearing them and they've also donated a 
bunch to people on the front lines. They got a donation. And every time you buy from them, they make more masks for people on the front lines. They're comfortable. They're cute. And now that we have to be wearing masks all the time, for me, it matters that it's comfortable and cute and made by somebody who's really passionate and doing their thing. So the House of Woo is a design studio in downtown LA and I love to support local. So I'm super excited and inspired by what they're doing this week. We'll post a picture of you wearing your mask yeah. and do a little tag and shout out. So I agree. Great cause. Great idea. Thank you to everyone out there. You know, I see a lot of sewing going on on Instagram and Twitter and things like that. It's pretty, you know, in these times that are so turbulent, it's nice to see people pulling out their skill set. Okay, folks, that's it. Episode 27 is in the books. Thank you to everyone for continuing to listen to The Long Finish. Catherine, where can they find you and The Long Finish on social media? You can find me at Catherine Wild Coker on Instagram and Long Finish at The Long Finish on Instagram. And you can find us both on Facebook as well, Catherine Wild Coker and The Long Finish. You can find The Long Finish on Twitter at TLF Pod. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Tug Coker. Thanks again to everyone for listening to the show. If you have an opportunity during this quarantine to rate, review, and subscribe to our show, we're running the contest. In a couple weeks, we're going to pull out a name where one person will win two bottles of wine we'll see you back here next week for an all-new episode go out there be safe practice social distancing and we will see you here next time so until then happy drinking ciao